Hey, woo woo queens. queens. How are you guys doing this week? I hope y'all are doing well. I'm excited because we have a question this week. We do have a question. And so I'll read our question today. So our question is from Chelsea W. Thank you, Chelsea, for sending us questions. Guys, please send us questions. Thank you. And her question is, what are some ways to implement boundaries while living at home with your parents? That is such a good question. Living with your parents is so challenging. It also kind of connect, actually does connect with our, well, really what we're going to be talking about today is boundaries and intimacy. Um, I know both of us have lived home as an adult. I am currently <laughs> living with my parents right now after moving back from Arizona. And <laughs> why are you laughing, Serena? From Arizona? Yes. Remember, I lived in Arizona. Do you mean El Paso? They don't need to know my business. Oh. It's fine, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, I'm trying to make sure. Look, we're talking about boundaries. I'm not trying to let y'all know where I live or my my story. But yeah, no, I lived in El Paso, but we're just going to pretend like I lived in Arizona. <laughs> but yeah, so, and that's really one thing about boundaries too is understand is that some things may seem weird to people, but they're very individualized. And just because they seem weird doesn't mean that they are. Um, but when it comes with your parents, Serena, tell us kind of what you went through a little bit. Yeah, so what I went through is I decided that in 2017, I did my yoga teacher training in 2016 in the summer and then went back to school in the fall and started college classes and decided, you know what, college isn't for me. I'm around here. All these people look dead. They look like they don't care to be here. Granted, I was taking like basic classes, um, but I decided, you know what, I don't want to go to school. So I sat down with my parents and I said, look, I want to be a yoga teacher and I want to teach it full time. I want to have my own yoga school. And they were like, what? No way. And I think it was like they wanted to support me. They wanted to. Um, but they were scared. But they were scared for me. And I wasn't, I don't remember really being too scared about it. Um, but it was a whole ordeal about like, I kind of felt like they didn't believe in me. And so being at home as a yoga teacher, I wasn't at work full time. I wasn't like, outside of work full-time meaning like I didn't work a nine-to-five and so I was at home most of the time and they didn't like that it was kind of like you need to do something else and um, move do something while you're at home and all these things and I just felt like when people don't believe in me I shut down and so there was always conflict between me being at home and me working and so I at that point I decided to move out because my parents were fighting about it you know about me being home and um, they didn't really like the fact that I wasn't going to school and I didn't have a nine to five job and so I moved out and my mom my mom was the biggest supporter when helping me move out but it was like doing yoga I couldn't burn incense in the house I couldn't like bring a lot of friends over you know I just kind of felt well and that was also respecting their yeah, boundaries that was respecting their boundaries too as well and um so there was things I couldn't do so I felt limited I didn't have the freedom that I wanted and I felt like moving out was a good thing but it's not accessible to everyone to just up and move out no because it is super expensive what about you corn so my experience is i've moved in and out of living with my parents and living by myself uh, when i was in college i went to college year round um so i would only come home for about maybe a month all together like like all together mm -hmm. Um, in a year. So I was super used to living by myself. Well, not living by myself, but living away from my parents and then living with my roommates and stuff, um, which is really fun. I loved it. I loved that experience living with roommates and having those type of boundaries are a little bit different. Um, someone's always going to be eating your food out of the fridge. Someone going to bring a hookup or something in the middle of the night that you may or may not have to kick out. I mean, there, you know, or you're going to make your friend because you're like, you're the man of the house, not me. I told my other friend that. And I made her answer the door when I thought there was a burglar because I wasn't going to deal with that <laughs> because that's the type of person I am. Um, but yeah, so one of the things that I always thought was weird is when I would come back home, um, 
I would still have rules that I was that I was like a child. So like I would go and get like I mean, granted it's not the healthiest thing to do, but I would go and get like at twelve o'clock at night, get water burger to get honey butter chicken biscuit. And I'm getting, why are you leaving? Where are you going? You know what's dangerous outside? And I'm like, when I'm at college, it doesn't that's not the same. Like no one asks me mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Um and so I had to have a conversation with my parents. I'm like, look, we're all adults here. And I need to be treated like one, you know, like I work, I do things like they, I know you're helping me out, but I'm, I'm not a child anymore. And so that took, I'm not going to lie. That took a couple of years for that to like fully integrate. Um, and then I graduated college. I went on a year sabbatical from school. Um, cause I graduated a year early And basically what ended up happening is I got a job in Arizona. I was in El Paso, but we're going to say it's in Arizona. And I was teaching there. I was doing my thing. I moved out there by myself. I was literally living on my own. Um, Loved it. Got a dog. um, Did it. And then the pandemic happened. I got stuck in Colleen when it happened because I had been on a vacation in Tennessee. And I have been living with my parents ever since then. I was even paying rent in Arizona slash El Paso for up until like October of last year. Like I was paying full ass rent. Um, and I will say it has been, um, it has, it hasn't since we've had our boundaries placed, um, like I'm, I'm allowed to come and go as I please. Um, I don't bring people, I I don't bring like dates or anything over partly because, um, my parents are very opinionated. So I don't, I just don't feel like they need to be seeing the people I date and they'd probably scare them away. But the other thing is too, is that's just like kind of respect, like kind of things that, uh, we talked about, I'm like, yeah, no, like if it's the right person, not like the one I'm going to marry, but you know, like if it's a healthier relationship. Cause I always talk about like my house is like the same thing as my life. It's very peaceful. Um, and I ain't trying to bring crazy people into it. Cause you never know. You'd be meeting people on mm-hmm. dating apps or just like rent. I mean, people really, you really mm-hmm. don't know a person. Yeah. And I feel the same way. Like I'm very particular about who comes in my house. It's like when people want to come in your house, they're like wanting to touch everything. They want to cross all these boundaries. And, and yeah. And it's partly because, I mean, a lot of people don't understand what a boundary is. Um, so but, can we talk about that? Well, yeah, we, I got, yeah, we'll get into it. So boundaries are kind of, it's probably one of the most, I think it's one of the hardest things to implement because boundaries go with being vulnerable because a lot of the times all of our boundaries are very individualized. They're not the same. Let's say like the boundary I have isn't going to be the same boundary that Serena has over certain topics. Mm -hmm. Um, Like with me, like my work life and my personal life are two things that I like to keep separate. I don't like them to integrate with each other. Um, that is a strong boundary that I have, um, because it's just like, I'm a teacher. And so I don't, I don't need parents or students knowing what I do. That's partly the reason why I've always lived really super far away from where I work. Um, that way on the weekends, like when I'm looking like a bum, I can, you know, I don't have to worry about seeing a kid or something. And then, you know, everyone being like, oh my goodness, Mr. Lopez looks so bad out. H-E-B, you know, that's just like one of the things, but really boundaries are things that you set in place to let other people know how, not just to deal with you, but what are, what's cool with you and what's not cool. And one of the best, um, best, like quotes that I got from one of my yoga teachers, mentors. Her name is Anna Pilar. She teaches in Austin. Um, she said, with boundaries, there there's freedom because you know what you can and cannot do. And they're very clear out. Now, freedom in which like you know what you can and cannot do, but you may feel that the boundaries that the other person has might conflict with what you want to do. And that's where that vulnerable vulnerability comes in hand. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that that's so true because in order to set boundaries, you have to be vulnerable with yourself. And I think that that freedom that happens when you set boundaries is a freedom, like you are more free to go do the things that you want to do without having to worry um, about getting hurt, you know, because you have these set boundaries. Yeah. So can we first jump into vulnerability, Serena? Because that to me, that sets the foundation for understanding what boundaries are. Yeah. So first I kind of want to define vulnerability and vulnerability really to me, and I think generally is having the willingness to feel pride or shame, or maybe thinking about it as sharing something about yourself that you would normally hold back. The other thing that's important about vulnerability is knowing that not everyone is privy to your information. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is being vulnerable is not walking into a room and going, I was abused as a child. I That's actually like, it'll scare the crap out of people because they're like, whoa, I did not know what I'm walking into. Being vulnerable is getting to know someone, talking about yourself, and then eventually slowly, you know, talking about, hey, uh, this is, these are like stuff that happened to me, like in my a past or stuff like that. That is what vulnerability mm-hmm. is. The other thing that's important too is that being vulnerable is not literally walking into a room or relationship, throwing it all out there and saying, this is who I am. And if you can't deal with that, that's on you. Yeah. Really what that is, is saying, I'm putting up walls because I'm scared. And so if I throw all my crap out of out at you now, it's not going to be my fault when you leave me. So that's one thing to know about being vulnerable isn't just spewing your stuff out mm-hmm. so you don't get hurt. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, there are a lot of people out there like that because I used to be like that as being a Pisces and Scorpio. I'm very open with everything. But um, one thing I noticed with like my boyfriend, for example, it's different for him. Like he is not one to share anything with people and not saying that he sees vulnerability in this way at all, but some people see being vulnerable makes you weak. Well, and it is harder for men. It is harder for men. And it, and you know what? Being vulnerable to me makes you strong. It makes you strong. And like when you're no longer afraid to, of what other people think about you, the more you're able to put yourself out there and show up in more authentic ways is what I think vulnerability is about. So one thing that I, so I read a lot of Brene Brown, I suggest everyone do. And one of her studies with vulnerability in men, and this comes out from like all of the um, men that she's interviewed is that men have really have a hard time with vulnerable vulnerability for this one reason is that women and children really expect the man to be able to hold up the family, right? Mm-hmm. The problem with this is, is that when shit hits the fan and your partner, your male partner, whoever holds that patriarchal um, role in your life, remember the patriarchy isn't bad, but it's just saying like whoever's the head of the household, the male head of the household when they show any type of weakness or we, it scares us because you're like, holy shit, you don't know what to do. You have been the person that we've relied on mm-hmm. and that's scary. And so it will flip. So it, it vulnerability in that sense, it takes both men and women to understand like it is okay for shit to happen and it shouldn't be placed all on men and it's just this is thing that's going to have to change with like society it's not something that's going to happen just in like one day mm-hmm. but it is hard for men because as soon as they show like hey something's going on the world's like oh hold up you're not strong enough you're not all these things get bombarded and they're like never mind i'll just keep it to myself mm-hmm. that's why men have a higher suicidal rate than women mm-hmm. see i didn't know that Well, it's because, I mean, that's why we're both here. Yeah, that's why we're both here. But um, I want to say me showing up authentically has been a huge part of my healing this year because I'm one to plan, to create, to research, to do all the things. And it's important for me to show up in a way that is real, that is truly me and stop hiding behind – false the false me and so 
Mine is more like I'm able to be vulnerable in relationships, but when it comes to being vulnerable in public, this is hard. And so um, I think this is this for me doing this podcast is very healing because it kind of makes me be a little bit more vulnerable than what I am. But back to vulnerability in relationships, vulnerability can take your relationship to the next level. So when you are being true to who you are, that creates a loving energy around you and spreads out to everyone else. And it inspires others to express themselves and they can really make an impact on the world. And I think that we see at least I'm seeing on my social media feed a lot more people stepping out of their comfort zone and trying new things. Um, and to me, that's what vulnerability is about, is showing up in a different way than what you normally do. The other thing I think that's super important is also knowing who you are as a person because it is important to step out because a lot of times like we have people who are introverted and are very closed off. The other flip side to that is knowing that as a person that shares society and the world with other people is understanding your nature. If your nature truly is not being around people, then you also at the same time, you're like, Hey, I have to work with people. I need to work on this, but also know it is okay that your nature is like that. Mm -hmm. It's okay. If you don't feel comfortable at parties, that's okay because it's not in your nature to be super outgoing. Now you should be super outgoing. Well, not super outgoing, no, but you should. You should be willing to step out of the boundaries of yes. who you are because of who you think you are, because that's how growth and expansion happen. Yeah, and I I truly believe that. But that doesn't mean that oh, I'm what Corn's saying. Like oh, I'm insecure, so I'm not going to go do anything. I'm not going to put yeah. myself out there. But also having compassion when it comes to, you know what, I don't want to put myself out there and having compassion towards yourself when there's times yeah. you don't want to. And it's, and you know, it's not always going to be like, you don't always have to be out there and like being a shining star. You'll have your moments. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be the sun all the time. You may be, you know, a seed when waiting to burst out. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are people, people out there who are way too out there. If yeah. you know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people think I'm a little too much. I could see that. I thought that at first, but now yeah. I know you're not, you're very, you have a lot of boundaries yeah. for yourself and you only share what you want to share. There's a lot of things about corn that I have no idea about. Oh, and I wow. consider him my best friend. Dang. We'll have to talk more about that on our own time. <laughs> But um, let's talk about examples of vulnerability. Yeah. So I'll go first. Okay, go. Okay. <laughs> so one thing about being vulnerable, at least like for, um, at least for me, the way I usually start out in like a new relationship, whether it's a friendship or ship or stuff is I usually just kind of talk about where I'm from. I, I give privy information, like where I'm from, like what I do, not where I work. I don't tell people where I work. I've made that mistake before because you crazies come out, but just simple stuff like that. It doesn't seem like you're being vulnerable, but you are, you're letting, you're allowing someone to come into your world mm -hmm. in a way that you want to. That's that part of like vulnerability, and like a boundary they they go hand in hand so really just telling people like hey yeah that's where i'm from but, um you know and i mm -hmm. when i'm especially if it's just someone that like sits next to me in yoga class i also kind of keep it short mm -hmm. and i'm like oh yeah i think you like you're perfect like give a compliment yeah um i also like what corn said earlier i mean in like backtracking a little bit but in order to be vulnerable you have to know yourself and I think ways that you can get to know yourself and practice vulnerability is definitely through yoga, yes. through yoga, through meditation, through journaling, through um, self-study is how you get to know yourself, what your beliefs are, um, what you believe to be true, what you believe to be not true about yourself and maybe even the world around you and what you're actually willing to share and who you're willing to show up as. And I think that that's important. But I think my example is... I'm one that if I don't like something, I will always say I don't like it or I will shut it down real quick. And she does. I will shut it down. And so I think that it is important to tell others when they are doing something that you like, 
but specifically dislike. Well, and that's the other thing too, is it's, it's really hard to, this is the thing about being vulnerable. Being vulnerable is hard because it makes you have the, the conversations that you don't want to have with people. Mm-hmm. And it can be really hard. Um, it doesn't get easy. I'm literally going to, the conversation that you have to have with people, whether it's coworkers, family members, it's, it never gets easier. No. It, especially if you don't like something or don't like a reaction towards something, um, bringing that up can be super hard. That's the thing about like boundaries and intimacy is that bringing them into relationships that have never had them is super hard. You'll also start to lose a lot of people in your life when you do this because some people don't want to, some people don't, don't really care for boundaries and like to hop through them. And I will say, sometimes I do that. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I hop over people's boundaries because I think they're dumb and I should know better. I think that that's, that's so right when you say that. And I think having difficult conversation is hard. And I think there's people that you just can't have conversations with, at least in my family. And right now, one of my cousins told me something very inspiring that my grandfather told her and um, it was do not feel like you have to walk the high road with anyone anymore, Um, especially those who pretend to care with you or that or suits their motives, basically, you can break away from those who hurt you and you shouldn't feel guilty about that. So especially if you're in a time or place where you're like, if there is people, and I guess this really gets more into boundaries, but um, you don't have to have the difficult conversations. You can just say no and don't. Well, that's that's the other thing too, is as an adult, you don't, this is like a hard concept to really understand is you don't owe anyone anything. You really don't. Yeah. You really don't owe. Now uh, here, when it comes to relationships that are like long-term, if it's a breakup or something there, there has to be that some, that closure for the other person, but especially new people. Cause this is my mm-hmm. thing. When I meet new people is I feel like I owe them the same thing as I would owe like Serena. Like we've been friends for so long. But you don't owe those people anything. Mm-hmm. And you also, if something bothers you, A, say something. But also, it their reaction, this is like the biggest thing. If you are honest with people, their reaction to whatever they tell you is, or whatever you tell them, is on them. Yeah, it's not That's, on you. The thing is, when you start lying about stuff, this is where it goes. Whatever, like let's say like you lie about I don't know, like driving a sports car. I don't know, it's super dumb. But like, and then your friend finds out that you don't drive a sports car and they get mad about it. Their reaction is on you because you lied about it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you tell them the truth and be like, hey, I drive like a broken down, and you know, they, Toyota they and they you. get judge you, that's on them. That's yeah. literally on them. But you yeah. have to be honest about your stuff. Mm-hmm. And I also think that an example of being vulnerable is putting yourself out there with risking rejection. That's the other thing with vulnerability is that just because we're telling you that you should be vulnerable or shouldn't be vulnerable, you know, depending on you are, doesn't mean that it's going to be the greatest thing in the world. Oh, I know. And like, I feel like me, when I decided to start this whole yoga business and do my 200 hour shit, I was so nervous. Like I'm going to do this 200 hour. I'm very young and I was scared of it. Like I was like, you know what? I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to advertise this 200 hour. And if nobody comes, then okay, nobody and comes. I remember- and that was so hard for me to do. But I, I, that was me being vulnerable, really vulnerable. I remember having these conversations with Serena and like one of the things she kept on saying is like, who gives me the permission to teach the information that I know to other people because Mm -hmm. I'm so young. And I remember always telling Serena, I'm like, it doesn't matter what you're teaching them. It's going to be the right thing at the right time. Because that's what our teachers always told us is that when you're teaching, no matter what it is, is that the information that you give your students at that moment is the information that they will need. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And I just felt like, you know, oh, who was I to be qualified to talk about this thing, yeah. you know? And I feel like it doesn't matter. Like, it's me having to be vulnerable and step out and say, this is me. Well, and the thing is, too, is, like, Serena put in, I mean, uh, more hours than most people will ever put in 
to just the subject of yoga. Yeah. Like just, and granted, like the knowledge that we have combined together is probably the knowledge of like a pinky nail, but it's a, I mean, it's pretty fast. Yeah, it is. Um, but what are there some ways? I don't know. How can they practice vulnerability? What do well, you think? I think one thing is the best way to really understand is just knowing that step, step into your person, whatever that means to you. Whether that means you're gay or straight, whatever, like whatever that, whatever you identify as, as a human being, own that. If you like listening to punk music, own that. If you like to garden, own that. If you really love your dog and post pictures, own that. You know, just own it. That's really, I think, like the first step is being like, like hey, this is who I am. If you guys don't like it, that's on you. Mm Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, I love that. Like, that is so well said. Like, I mean, it it really is so true. I mean, honestly, Serena said it because I kept on because we were talking about like what we were doing today, and I just kept on repeating, "Keep it simple." And honestly, just just start there. Extra, I'm so extra. I know we both are. That's the sad part. But I also think define what vulnerability looks like for you and what it means, or what would it look like for you to be vulnerable. What is what is being vulnerable look like? Does it look like me talking about um, my relationship with my, does it look like me talking about my relationship to my partner? Does it look like me um, maybe posting this post that talks about my, I don't know, my abuse that yeah. I had as a child? Maybe it's making a podcast. Maybe yeah. it's. I know one thing, it sounds super dumb, but like just showing my shoulders. Yeah, like, yeah, that's like something like that. super simple is like, I, I don't like showing my shoulders to people, but like when you're changing like super fast, like, especially if we're getting wedding for like a wedding, I'm usually pretty comfortable with like, oh, okay, I can change. But sometimes I'm not. And I'm like, you know what? It's, I could just go to the bathroom just by myself, but I'm going to be real honest. Their shoulders, it's not a really big deal. I'll just do it right now. And, but that's it. even like walking around my house, you know, like, cause I live with my parents now. Um, even that was hard. Like, I'm like, oh, I, you know, I can't mm-hmm. leave my room. Now I just wrap a towel around me. I'm like, whatever. It is what it is. Shoulders are going to be out. And my shoulders aren't ugly. I just feel like that's just mm-hmm. exposing. It, I feel exposed. And mine, this sounds silly, but maybe you're going through this. But in my relationship, at the beginning of my relationship, I could not too. Like in front of my, <laughs> I could not fart in front of my significant other. And now it's like, whatever. I mean, it is what it so is. So maybe it looks like that to you. I don't know. Um, have you ever farted in a yoga class? Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Have. Hell yeah. Who hasn't? It's, I'm going to say it's very liberating. And to free. me, yoga farts are they're scary because they just come out and they're always really loud. Yeah. And the thing is, like, <laughs> as a yoga teacher, I don't laugh because I fart in my practice. It's just releasing and freeing. I can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs> but, it's, but it's true. It's so true. Oh, my goodness. But get familiar with the feeling of vulnerability and getting intimate with how you feel in your body, like what Corn said, and feeling your feelings, especially the most uncomfortable feelings, is a great way to practice vulnerability. Um, and also the sensations that come with being vulnerability, like that closing off, that feeling of like that scared feeling. When we're scared, we shrink. The other- getting comfortable with feeling that is the part of growth. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. The other thing too is like, you're not, at least for me, I'm not going to be vulnerable all the time. There's times where I, I wish I had said something or I had, you know, stepped out a little bit, but in due time, it will happen more. You know, like these, this isn't something that's going to happen overnight. The, the oh, this no. is something that's just a lifelong thing. It's different for every person. And I'm still working on this. Like, my for, my thing was this week is like I don't I feel vulnerable when I come to yoga yoga teach yoga with makeup on or when I come to yoga like oh, yeah. with my nails done. Yes. So what I did this week was I went to go do self-care, got my eyelashes, got my nails done and did all the things and so I'm showing up as a new me being vulnerable. It's funny that you bring that up Serena because when we were in teacher training I, was it last? It was last week. I wore jewelry, and I 
I, it's just because like, like when you, you wore like gold. Yeah, I did. Like I wore like actual jewelry and I You look like a badass. I felt so uncomfortable because to me in my mind, when you walk into a yoga studio, you're really like supposed to be bare. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're supposed to come as you are with not a lot of stuff. But I felt like being bougie that day. And when I walked in, I was like, God, everyone's going to be staring at my hands and fingers. He looked so cute. I know. But inside, like the whole time, I just kept thinking about But that's the thing. Like, even like, I really don't. Because you're supposed to show your natural. Like, I don't I don't know who makes who, these rules. Who makes these rules? That's roles. exactly what it's I like, said. Like, we're supposed to be natural. Our skin is supposed to be glowing. We don't need makeup. I mean, if you want to wear makeup, that's good for you. If you don't want to wear it, good for you. But sometimes I feel like I need it. And it just, you know, it makes me feel better. Yeah, so that was my practice, being vulnerable this month, is showing up to yoga with fake nails, which I've never done in my life. And I'm doing it because it makes me feel good. And it makes me just feel... It makes you feel put together. Yeah, it makes me feel hot as shit. So. And honestly, you know, there is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I love it. So, yeah, put your push yourself outside of your comfort zone. Maybe it's doing your nails and before you go to yoga class. I don't know. Maybe it's riding a roller coaster. Maybe it's going to go get that piercing you've always been scared to I get. I have been with many piercings with Serena. The last one. I want to go get another one. The last one, they wouldn't let us in. Oh, yeah, because you had to make an appointment. But there was, like, no appointments available. And I was like, this is and it's down the street from my house. But I'm like, this place isn't even that popular why are y'all so booked i was so maybe it's like a piercing maybe it's like okay maybe you're like really into like eating the same lunch every day maybe it's like adding some onions on your salad one thing is like sometimes i get my nails done and just the fact that i have to walk around with my nails done makes me feel uncomfortable and i that's why i don't always do it because i feel like when you do stuff like that especially as a male it opens up people to ask you questions. And sometimes I, I just don't want to, I don't want to answer them. I don't want to, I don't want to feel like dealing with the looks. And so I won't do it all the time. But when I do do it, it's, I'm like, you know, I'm doing this. I know what's going to happen. I know these people are going to ask me things or students are going to ask me things or I'm going to get weird looks when I go to the bathroom, whatever. Um, And that's being vulnerable for me. It's not easy. I don't like it. I'm still not used to it, but I do like getting my nails done. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, it makes I like you feel having spicy pretty hands. And good. Um, I also think share your truth. Share yes. your freaking Please truth. Please repeat that because honestly, that's the best way to start. I know we said that earlier, but it really starts with that is really just understanding, find out who you are. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to be you? And there's no right or wrong. And I, I think that sometimes... Unless you get stabby, that's wrong. Yeah, but I mean, I used to think like, oh, you know, showing up... Because before I did yoga, I was like into getting my hair done. I always had my nails yes. done and I got them off right when I started. And so showing up now as a new me, that's my new truth. That, hey, this is me and that's okay. And that's funny because I went through a different phase where I spent my whole life like trying to be perfect and when i started yoga i was like i ain't getting my eyebrows done ain't gonna shave my beard anymore not gonna get haircuts as often and i looked rough but honestly i to me it was liberating because my body my hair my eyebrows didn't feel like i because like when we make compliments this is one thing and i didn't realize this but we make compliments to people or just like other people in general like when people would make comments about other people's eyebrows and i know this is sounds really dumb it would make me feel like my eyebrows weren't good enough so i would do more stuff to my eyebrows to look good so that someone would compliment me on them and so I started, like, we start doing things to please people that who don't even, like, they, they don't even know, they they don't don't even know that you're doing, like, it, you know, or, like, I would try to buy, like, perfumes that were, like, super strong, so I would always get compliments. Just dumb things like that. When, and so I went through, like, this whole, like, after, like, I finished yoga school where I was like, you know, I'm doing shit for me. I don't care if I smell like, sh-. I mean, you honestly, you should be respectful to people around you about your smells especially when you go to yoga classes but you know like Mm -hmm. i wouldn't i wear lighter scents now and people don't think it's lighter but to me they are before me not for other people Mm -hmm. i get my hair done for me my eyebrows done i haven't done them in a long time only for weddings that's my role Mm -hmm. hey and that's okay so that's what it looks like for 
Quarantine. Yeah, for that's me. His, that's his truth right now. So, Corin, talk to us I, about... Hold on. Oh. What you just said. She said right now, this is the yes. other thing, is that it's it going to change. It's not going to be the same thing. I love that you said that. I know you didn't mean to say it on purpose. Mm -hmm. But it is for right now. It's probably going to change in a year or two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's the great thing about... I mean, again, you're going to see Corin and I go through so many different transformations in here. I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not ready, but it's going to happen. Um, but so, Corin, let's talk about boundaries. Okay. So, boundaries. What are they? So, the basic way I... I, I always have a hard time because I always think that when I talk about this, I think I'm not explaining it right. But basically what it comes down to, it's what you want in your life, what you're willing to put up with and what you're not willing to put up with. And so for me, I brought it up before, like my home life, my personal life and my work life are two separate things. They, I don't like them to intermingle. Um, but I'll tell you actually a story that happened. Um, I was dating this person. Uh, we'll give them a fake name. His name will be Sergio. And we had been dating for like, and I, Serena's laughing because she knows about it's this. It's so funny, but okay. it's not. It's, well, it's funny because it's not. I got mad. I did. Like... Because, okay, this is the thing. Sometimes you have boundaries and you, do, you don't even know that you have, have them. Been. And so when someone crosses, and this is why I felt bad, because I didn't know I had this boundary until it was crossed. And it, it really pissed me off. It also kind of scared me. Uh, because I had been literally talking to this person for like a week and a half. And one day I get an email and they're like, hey, you have stuff in the front office. And I'm thinking like, oh, it's it's been teacher appreciation week, like the week before I forgot to pick up some stuff. So I, like, I was like, okay, I'll go up there. And comes to find out it was from the person I was talking to. And it, and y'all's relationship wasn't that serious. I know. And okay. the thing that happened was like, I felt like stripped naked. I, and, and I know it's a lot, all of my friends, everyone, my parents were like, that is such the nicest thing. You, you know, you're always like this. Like even. Wait, what did he give you? Tell him what they Oh, well he gave me cookies and brownies, but it was from Tiff. What is it? Tiffin treats. I don't know. Like oh, edible. I think that, was it like edible arrangement? No, no, no. no it was no, cookie. No. I think it's it called cookie. Tifton Treats. Something like they, that. Were they good though? They were. I gave them to my dad. Oh. Okay. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I don't know if he knows that. Um, but he ate them. I ate the brownies. Th those are good. But the thing was, I felt naked. Mm -hmm. I literally, because my workplace to me was a place that I go that like my personal life really doesn't, personal life is like dating and stuff really doesn't get into and I just, I, and I was mad. Oh, I was mad. And I was also mad at the fact that all of my friends and family members were like, oh, you always do this. This is why you're alone. And I was like, but this to me doesn't feel right. It doesn't mm -hmm. feel right. It, it scared me also because it just, it, it just didn't feel right for me. So I had to have that hard conversation with Sergio. And that's not his real name, but you know, we got to keep people's identities because that's a boundary. You see what I'm saying? Like, hopefully Sergio isn't listening to this podcast. I mean, I did tell him that we record. So he probably is. I hope this doesn't blow up in my face. But I just want to say thank you for understanding. But also, like, I had to have this hard conversation with him about, hey, that wasn't cool, and I, I, that you crossed the line that I didn't, that I didn't know I had, and it, and it, it didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I had this. I drew that line really fast once I kind of figured out, like, hey, this is something I never want to happen again. Partly it was my fault because I had him pick pick me up for my work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, he was trying to do something nice. And that's the thing is, like, even when you're trying to do – like, I'm not telling you not to do something nice, but ask, ask the person in a relationship if this is okay. Like, you'd be like, hey, can I do this? Or, hey, can I do that? Because it may seem dumb – to ask but it it's important mm -hmm. it's important because you know you might have an overreaction like i did it took me like two days to like really simmer down from it yeah. it took me a whole week and honestly it took me like four days to recover from that it's not it's not his fault either and you have to be direct when you're setting them yeah like very direct with well and that was the other thing like too sugarcoat it 
Yeah, that I felt. I really don't like it. Yeah, well, you have to. I don't like it when. Yeah, the other thing was is I felt bad because I didn't know that was gonna make me mad. I I honestly didn't know that that was, but it did. And then I brought it up. I was like, hey, you know, I can't do this anymore because. I mean, there was other things too, but that was like yeah. the thing that like, when we're talking about boundaries, that was crossed. And you know what? That is a sign of self-respect that you had for yourself when you said, no, I'm not going to let someone do this to me. This was not okay. This was weird. This was strange. I didn't feel comfortable with it. And that's something that you had to set with yourself. And that's the thing about boundaries. Falling back to vulnerability is that they're not easy to implement. They're not easy to follow through. Um, some of my boundaries are, like I said, I like to keep my work life and my personal life kind of separate. Um, I mean, like, I'm best friends with my coworkers. And even, like, we've had, like, some super hard conversations that if I wasn't vulnerable with them, I don't think I could have had these conversations with, mm-hmm. you know. And that's the important thing is that these things don't only happen at your house. They happen in the workplace. They happen. And you also have to understand that just because you have a boss or just because someone's in power of you, that also doesn't give them the right to step over yeah. your boundaries. And that, like, my other boundary is, like, I don't answer phone calls or anything after 530. Like, that's, like, work boundaries are the things I've had to work on the Mm -hmm. most because I used to, because I'm, especially because I'm single, I like to throw myself in my work. I, you know, but I also know that it's okay to, hey, take a day off. It's okay to do these things because your work isn't also your life. Mm -hmm. And so I've really had to work hard with that. It's like saying like, hey, like after 530, I'm not answering an email. I'm not answering a phone call. It can wait for tomorrow. You want to know why? It's because I hate when you get phone calls from your boss. And it's like, Oh, we need to talk about something tomorrow. Cause you're going to spend that whole night going, Oh my God, am I going to get fired? Mm-hmm. What did I say something wrong? Did I look at Becky wrong? Did I look mm-hmm. at Susan wrong? Like all these things. And so I just put the bottom, I'm going to answer. I, and I, I shut off my phone. I don't keep my phone in my bed. I keep it across the table, like just simple things. Um, what are some boundaries that you have, so, Serena? Yeah, I want to start off talking with simple ones before I go into the deep ones. Yeah. But um, the simple one that I have is I am someone who definitely needs their sleep. And my boyfriend, he will stay up late at night and it's fine. I don't care. He's doing whatever he's doing. And But I have to go to sleep early. And it was really hard when he fir- when we first moved in together to set this boundary because, you know, I was so happy he was living with me. And you get all excited when someone lives with you. And um, it was like, oh, I'm going to stay up with you. And this was me disregarding that boundary of, you know what, I have to go to sleep. If not, I'm going to be pissy the next day. And I get real pissy. Like I have to have like eight, nine hours of sleep. And so my boundary, this I have been interplanning, intimate, in. implementing I can't say implementing this boundary for the last year um y'all been living together that long been living together for almost two years now isn't that crazy I really feel like they've only been living together for like three months no I know I know you haven't but yeah in my um, mind that's what I so um it's like you know what hey I'd love to stay up with you. I'd love to watch this movie. And at first it was really hard. I don't know if it was really hard for him. I don't know if he really cared or not. But it was hard for me because I felt guilty about saying, you know, hey, I, I you know, I don't want to stay up with you. I'd rather go to sleep. And so I go to sleep and he knows that my nighttime routine starts at nine o'clock. And he even says now to this day, aren't you going to get ready for bed? It's nine o'clock. He knows that I have like this whole ritual that I do before I go to sleep. But if I didn't have that boundary, let me tell you, I would be crossing people's boundaries the next freaking day. Well, like I would be. I always and find this it. is also we're also talking about self care too. So yeah, you know self care and boundaries. Well, the other thing too is I find it funny is I don't like share. Okay, this is funny. I don't know why it means we're gonna have boundaries that are somewhat the same, but I don't like sharing my bed. I'm going to be real honest. I don't like sharing my bed because I'm a hot sleeper and I toss and turn. I don't think it's fair for the other person. And so any relationship that I've been in, I've always made them sleep in either like near my bed with like a nice air mattress or something. I know that sounds super mean, but that's my boundary is because my sleep's important to me too. Mm -hmm. Like I have to get early up from my job. I know they do. Mm -hmm. It's not fair for them to me, for me to be tossing and turning at night because it's naturally like I'm, 
I'm going to be real honest with my dog. Her boundary is she doesn't like the fact that I toss and turn so much. And so she doesn't sleep with me. I like her to sleep, but she'll sleep with me for like two hours. Mm-hmm. And then she'll like go mm, mm, like that. And I'm like, oh, I have to put her in her cage because that's her thing. She's like, I also enjoy my sleep and you move too much. Yeah. Um, which is weird because you wouldn't think that dog like animals have boundaries, but they do. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, don't touch me like that. And they'll yeah. piss at you, my cat. Um, but can we talk about more deeper boundaries now? Well, can we, what I wanted to get into is I hope that everyone has, we'll jump into it a little bit deeper, but how do you jump over people's boundaries? Well, I'm so freaking emotional. And when I'm very mad and angry in my household growing up, um, I've seen a lot of anger. I've seen a lot of people throw things. I've seen violence, um, not with my mom and my stepdad, with my mom and my real dad. Just want to make that clear. So family, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I'm not talking about Charles or my mom. <laughs> so, um, She's using government. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, well. Um, so what were we talking about? You overstepping oh, boundaries. overstepping boundaries. So um, I lost my thought. You were, you were talking about... Throwing things. Throwing things. So when I'm angry, I feel like I cross people's boundaries. And I'm like, you need to tell me why you're mad right now. I need to solve this. I need to resolve things when things are feeling like, you know, I don't want to go to sleep the next day not knowing what's going to happen the next day. I want resolution to conflict ASAP. And so some people aren't like that. They need time to take the steam off. And I'm like, no, let's fix it now. Let's fight now. Let's get it over with. And I feel like I overcross people's boundaries like that. Like I'm like stepping over and saying, no, you need to tell me how you feel. We need to talk about this right now versus somebody is like, no, I need to, I need to step back. I need to think about it. And I feel like I overcross that a lot. I, when I do it and I don't, it's not that I intentionally do it, but it's when I think someone's, and it's it's not like, oh, this is a boundary for them. Well, it is. Like, they'll tell me something that they don't like, and I think it's dumb. So I'll just step over it. And this has happened in my job before when one of my coworkers, well, this has happened in, like, a lot of my jobs. One of my coworkers will tell me something, and then I'm like, that's stupid. I'm going to do it anyways. Oh, yeah. Because... Right. Like, even with Serena, I've done it. No, I'm saying, like, oh, yeah, everyone does that. Oh, yeah, well, everyone does it. But I've done it with Serena, too. And it's just, I'm like, well, that's dumb. That's not going to help us. We're going to do it my way because, in my mind, I always think I'm right. I'm not always right. But, you know, we all have that, like, oh, I'm right, whatever. I mean, unless you're, like, a a Libra, then you're always trying to make people happy. But you know what I mean? Like, I – and so I really have to work on that. I'm still working on it Um, because I don't like my boundaries – stepped over mm-hmm. and I should know better. And so I'm working on it. So I I'm think so we're sorry. all working on it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so sorry to all that. my coworkers who I've just jumped over them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, boundaries are, they're not easy. They're, it's like, there's books about them. Yeah. I mean, books and books, one of the books, and this will actually be in our Instagram. So follow us at what is our Im- Instagram? Imperfect dot healing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So it's on Instagram, but it's a book. It's called boundaries and protection. Um, I got it when I went to my vacation. In who Florida. is it by? Oh, who is it by? Serena can read better than Pixie I can. Pixie light horse. That's a cool name. Um, but it, what I like about the book is it has scenarios like what oh, we were talking about this before, but you'll flip through and you go like um, empathy and not invasive or what's a sacred space or understanding rage, like stuff like that. Like that's the, the one I need to read. Like each page has like a specific like boundary, like boundary with your work boundary with partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and it tells you like, Hey, this is, these are things that you can implement and understand, y'all, if y'all hear growling or, like, weird noise, it's my dogs. Um, I just dropped the book. It's my dogs, you know, fighting for it because, you know, they play so many all yeah. the time. So let's talk about ways to set boundaries. Yes. Let's give them, like, two tips. Yeah. Two woo-woo tips Well, let me see. Each. So number one is you need to tune into your feelings. Remember, yes. we need to come back to that vulnerability. Tune in how do you feel, you know, so you know your limits. And once you know your limits – Freaking name them. Yes. Name your limits. Identify your physical, 
your emotional and your mental and spiritual limits. Because this is the other thing, and I love that you brought that up, is that boundaries also happen when you're being intimate with someone. Yeah. In your sex life and your personal life. If you can't, if this is a thing, if you cannot implement a boundary in your sex life, it's going to have a hard time implementing them in your relationship and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So I would start with your relationship first. That's why I think, and I know this is like super uncouth, but I really think that like if you have a boundary of not being intimate with someone for like a, a certain amount of months, like really hold on to that. Because that's honoring your body. Yeah, I think so too. And even, like, I know this, super, but even wearing a condom, that's a boundary. Yeah. That, you know, the, taking care of yourself is also a boundary. I'm so sorry I interrupted. See, I'm. No, no, you're fine. That's very important. I love what he had to say. Um, and I think spiritual boundaries. So once you get into really woo woo things, if things don't align with your beliefs, don't push it. This is the okay. This, this is something that I've worked with. Yes. And expanding. I'm Christian. And so I have Christian beliefs and thought some things, some spirituality concepts, they don't just they don't line up. It's but funny. I'm open to them, but they don't line up. It's funny because anytime me and Serena do any like manifesting magical woo-woo stuff, she always go, "Are we going to go to hell? Are we? <laughs> is is karma going to get us?" Is she, and I'm like, Serena, we've had this conversation before. But, We're not summoning demons. But it's like I on... do those with my other friends. <laughs> <laughs> but it's on the line, you know. It's like. I'm making sure that boundary doesn't get crossed. Yes. Though I do feel comfortable with everything that we do. Yeah. You know, I'm just but I always think it's line. funny. I think, oh, do you have any more tips? Um. Yeah. Give yourself permission to feel fear or guilt about speaking up. It's okay. Because it's going to happen. And I feel like some. sometimes I feel so guilty to say, I'm not going to talk to this person anymore. I feel bad. But if that's a relationship that needs to get out of your life, cut it out. And that's, that. cut the cord. Literally. I mean, there's a whole spell about that yeah, with like candles. You can cut. Yeah. But really we've like we've had, we've gone through a lot of stuff together, yeah. at least magical manifesting wise. But that's the thing too, is like understanding that you have the right to allow certain people and you, and I'm going to bring about it with your job. If you are not happy at your job, start looking for another job. And let me tell you something. When you have a job where like the performance reviews are out in the open and like your boss belittles you in front of other people, that is not cool. That is not at all. And so what I always say, greatest rule is it's easier to find a job when you have a job. So if you're really trying to look for that push and you needed it, maybe this is God's way of saying, start looking for another job. If you don't feel comfortable in your workplace, because the workplace is where you spend most of your day at. Mm -hmm. And if it's making your relationships at home really shitty, I know this is like completely off topic, but really honor those boundaries that you set and be like, Hey fool, you cannot talk to me like that. Yeah. Be fucking direct. Like be direct. I don't care if they're your boss. They shouldn't be talking to you or belittling you in front of people. That's mm -hmm. not cool. Yeah. But make sure you do it the right way. Like make sure you go and tell them or like tell HR or something I really love this conversation that we're I do having. too. I really all of we've had a bunch of woo woo tips, and we're also going to talk about we're going to switch our topics because what are we going to switch it to? We're going to transition and talk about the uh, May twenty six full flower moon and lunar eclipse. Okay, so the meaning of the full moon represents contemplation higher power and the realization of your desires of your goals and it's basically time to celebrate your growth and take note of your progress and reflect on how far you've come now so the flower moon i called it the flower moon the reason why it's called the flower moon is because we're in the time where flowers are blooming yes Ooh, i love it and um it can also be called the corn planting moon. Yeah, and I love that you're bringing this up. Okay, there's the corn moon is also in August, and that's when my birthday is. Mm -hmm. But I like that you're bringing this because this pops into when our last conversation yeah. about the empress and stuff is that really, like, this is a time of growth, of yeah. blossoming, of finding, like, that rebirth. Yeah, and it's right now, it's also going to be a blood moon or what you call a lunar eclipse. Yes. And so this is when the earth stands directly between the moon and the sun. So the earth basically is casting a shadow on the moon, giving the moon like a red tint color. 
Yeah. And that's why we call it the blood moon. And so, Corin, what are you? Why don't you talk okay, about eclipse? So when we talk, because I love astrology. I'm not okay. So Serena's a lot better at like looking up like people's charts and stuff. I'm good at it too, but not as good as she. She's gotten a lot more deeper. I'm really good at like reading charts and stuff, but not doing the actual like work of like like corresponding them in the right way in the houses and stuff. I can read them really good for people, but just doing like the back work because it's a lot of work. It's completely different than reading tarot cards. Um, there's a lot of data that goes behind astrology, but one thing I love to talk about is lunar eclipses. One thing about lunar eclipses, especially right now, we have um, Saturn in retrograde. We're about to have Pluto in retrograde. And there's a, I think we're at like the end of the month. Okay, so retrograde, this is funny. And then Mercury's going to go in a retrograde. And I, I remember telling this Serena and she didn't know it because I didn't know it either. What retrograde means is that when you're looking at a planet through a telescope, um, the planets spin spinning. in a certain direction because we're spinning in a certain direction. But when you look at them, when they're in a retrograde mode is that they look like they're spinning in the opposite direction. So they look like they're spinning backwards, backwards. and that's what it means. Like the energy that they withhold, like, um, Mercury, Mercury, for example, is a, is of communication. And so this is like when we have like a Mercury retrograde, this is when like communication starts to fail. Drama. Drama happens. Drama. Your technology starts to fail. All these things where we communicate, even like traveling car accidents happen. It's because that the way they plan, and this is the one thing, is that when people are like, astrology isn't real. It, it is. It, 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 what bothers me is it. I'm like, you really don't think that energy from other things affects you it does like i don't know i just like mm -hmm. stuff like that i'm like it does because like karma and our periods y'all the moon exactly. affects our, our well yeah this is the whole yoga thing anyway so i'm gonna get back on, to, <laughs> on track to eclipse <laughs> yeah so when it comes to eclipses when they appear and we usually have three or four of them a year um when that time period happens it's usually do you know what date it's on it's Until okay if you don't. Oh, on the 26th? Mm -hmm. So May, usually... 2021. <laughs> usually two to three weeks before that and two to three weeks after. Um, we have like the pre-eclipse effects and the after pre... They're both the same. Is whatever you do in that time period, whether it's like gossiping, whether it's trying to hide stuff, because it's in that period of when the sun can't... It's not piercing through or the moon is blocking... What happens is, is whatever that was, let's say like you were talking shit about your boss or something and you didn't think like no one was listening, it's going to pop up. The problem with this is it doesn't pop up right away. Mm -hmm. It literally pops up usually around three months to six months afterwards. So what I always tell people around this time is just make sure that you're kind to people, that you're kind to yourself. But shit that you do around that time period is going to pop up, mm -hmm. whether it's good or bad. That's the other thing. Is Hopefully like, you are doing good things. Yeah, that's the thing, too, is because you do stuff, like, just because I'm like, oh, my God, stuff's going to happen. Um, just do good things because yeah. good things will also come out. I also tell you that, like, because like, people talk about Mercury retrograde. Um, one of the things I do is I use a mercury dime and it's so you're just like a dime that's made out of silver. They're, they dimes used to be made out of silver. A lot of coins were anyways, but it looks like there's mercury, like the God on there. And I keep that around with me. That has seemed to help. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, another thing as the last thing I'm going to get about moon stuff is because I was gardening today. Um, and just like the basic understanding of how the moon affects our human bodies and the stuff around us, um, the way like gardening with the moon is super simple is you have to remember that the moon controls water. Mm -hmm. We always talk about this, this in our yoga classes is that we're mostly made out of water. So the idea that the moon affects us isn't tide, too crazy. Yeah. Teachers know this, nurture, nurses know this, police officers, when there's full moons, people act crazy. When it comes to planting, it's the, it works the same way. So full moons in the water, in the oceans, causes high tides, right? That means that water is pulled up closer to the surface of the ground, meaning that the plant's leaves grow more because water gravity is pulling it up. It's a crazy concept. But the same thing happens when we have new moons. 
New moons are when the moon is completely black. And, and she turns away from her children to yes. get some time with her lover. Anyways. <laughs> yes. But this is an important time because gravity isn't being pulled as much. So roots can grow down. And this is something simple to understand is that, you know, when you're planting anything, you don't really have to follow this. But I always say any more help you can get to do anything. But it's just knowing that relationship between the planets, the moon, gravity, all of these things not only affect the stuff around us, the water, but our emotions. And plants are just one way, because we're talking about like flower moon and things are going like, that's one way to notice how nature impacts our own lives. I love that. I really love it. And I loved how you were talking about, you know, things are changing. And with the lunar eclipse, um, it represents a time in people's lives where they're taking giant leaps forward um, for the better or for the worse really is what it is. So it's a time of sudden change. And this moon that we're in, I don't know if you want to say anything more about eclipse. No, no, no? You, you got it. But this moon is in the sign of Sagittarius. And it inspires us to broaden our horizons and seek higher knowledge. And this is what the Sagittarius is all about. I mean, if you know a Sagittarius, they're one that stands on their soapbox and like preaches to you. I'm not, I don't really get along with Sagittarius because I'm a Pisces and they tell me, no, that's fake. This is fake. This is real. This isn't true. And I'm like, it's all real. I believe in all the things. But anyways, that this is a time where we need to broaden our horizons, seek higher knowledge and it inspire and it should inspire us this new moon to branch out and level up our goals i will also say being someone who studies astrology a lot is i always forget sagittarius like when people are like what's such i'm like sagittarius like if you're a sagittarius person i don't really want to go too much in the sign of sagittarius i, I think it always because it's a fire sign and i it's, usually it's a, isn't it a mutable yes. fire sign and so sagittarius people maybe you're sagittarius and you're listening to this they're ones who feel like sometimes an unevolved Sagittarius is ones who feel like they're stuck in a cage all yes. the time and they need to be a bird that's free flying around. And when they are, that's their best time to grow. And so if you want to be free, start setting these boundaries, start getting vulnerable. And um, But the thing that I want to talk about is really stick to routine right now. Your routine is going to save your life, especially with all these retrogrades that are happening. Routines are important regardless. Yeah, but yes. stick to your retreats and stay away from drama. Stay away from drama and don't right be, now. Don't be a cauldron stir. Please don't. Mm -hmm. I like, you know, I like cheese That's my, yeah. that's not my Spanish for gossip. Don't be a cheese mosa. Yeah. And really take control of your money right now because let me tell you, don't let it slip. Routines may get a little shaky, but stay on it. And if you do to, you can, if you do to, if you need to, you can, if you need to readapt some routines, now's not the time to, yes, make changes that are going to, help you grow and move forward. Um, so this is also the time of um, to really just acknowledge what you have brought into beingness with this moon too. So acknowledge, maybe you journal and write, what has, what has blossomed for me um, this month or the last couple months? And, um, but yeah. Yeah, I love that, that you brought about the moon because even the in the tarot, the moon card, um is part of the major arcana and so like the word arcana just means like made like secrets or um old like knowledge and the moon symbolizes when it comes up is really the time of like self-reflection because mm -hmm. this is something that we learned in yoga school is saraswati oh. uh, yes she is the goddess really associated with the moon and creativity the, and partly because remember and that knowledge and knowledge. Yes. She's like, if you're super creative, like a writer, artist, you Musician. talk a lot. She's really good to like have in your life. But the important thing about that is she reminds us that the moon is a reflection of the sun. And that when we see the moon, reflected in water or a mirror we're looking at a reflection in a reflection and so it's that time to really kind of go deeper but also know that what we do like reflects ourselves so the moon it, it's the reflection of a reflection which is super 
it's knowing that like when we see ourselves, it's just one type of reflection. Um, the moon also brings up like change. Um, it's also very feminine. The moon itself is a very feminine sign. Um, and understanding like these has to do with emotions because the moon governs water. When we talk about the cards, the tarot card, when we talk about like the water, um, the cups, cup symbolizes water. It's ruling over emotions. Mm -hmm. So whenever it's reversed, it's usually meaning that you have an emotional block that you're not dealing with at this time. Or when it does come up in like normalcy unreversed, it's really saying like, you have a lot of emotional stuff going on. You're going through it and it's okay, but know that this isn't permanent. That's yeah. the other thing is that when we talk about stuff, it, these things aren't permanent. So always kind of keep that in mind that just because we're saying, you know, like this moon stuff that's going to happen is important. It's that it's not forever. Yeah. And I love that. I think we had a great conversation today. I think we did too. And I hope, I hope you guys got something from it. Um, if you did, please comment below. Don't forget to review. Yes, give us some five-star reviews. I think we may have earned them, maybe. Ah, oh, we have. And then also... Because we know our us. worth. We do know our worth. Connect with us on Instagram and send us emails. They'll be in the show notes. Ask us questions. Ask us questions. And also, don't forget, we're posting the book that we referenced today. Yes, on in our media. show notes and in our social media, but mostly in our social media. Okay, my loves, I hope you have a great week. See y'all later. Bye.